Prophet Isaiah said, Who has believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry that's what the video was about. In the first service, I sat there on the front row, and as I looked up and saw the video, I said, wow, that's really neat. And then I realized, I'm on, <laughs> and dashed up here. But what I really trust is, for each and every one of you today, I'm not on. But the presence of God is on each and every one of us. The presence of the Lord is to come in and refresh our souls, restore our souls. And that's what I want to happen today as I share God's Word with you. I don't know if you've ever really noticed Psalm 19. Powerful psalm. Starts off, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day unto day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. And it goes on to describe the great declaration of the living God that is stamped into all creation. I simply say that introductory this morning so we will understand. Now I know this does not sound like a good evangelical Christian that there are two inspired books, one being the Bible. So, uh-oh, we've got some kind of new, uh, new Bible coming up and some cult. No, no, no. One is God's presence revealed in his creation. What a volume. And the other is the written word, what we call the Bible. You see, when I look at his creation, Somehow I don't come to the same conclusion as some people have come to. I do not see us as humanity squirming from the primordial mud. Now I've had times I look like that. Matter of fact, I have a whole different theory on that. Not telling you this is God's word, but it certainly fits better with it. And what I understand from the scripture is humanity, mankind, Adam and Eve, were created intelligent. They are not, they are primitive man, but they weren't what we call primitive. And what we discover as trim, primitive people, unfortunately, is what we can degrade ourselves to be. Often, We've climbed back in the primordial mud. But that's not where I came from. It's not where you came from. It's not what God intended for us. Oh, mud, yes. We are from the dust of the earth, and to dust we shall return. And some of these folks that have a different explanation than the Bible, very interesting for me. I've heard the story. I don't know how accurate it is, but they've said that we now have come to the place where we can create our own life. And the story goes, probably a spurious story, but it's still a good one, so I'll tell it. 
Is that a group of them got together and they were challenging God and his ministers. They said, okay, let's get some dirt. And a voice came from heaven, get your own dirt. I prefer to understand clearly what God's word has said to me. That God is the giver of our life. And for those who think of us as just another animal, I am not an animal. And neither are you. We might sometimes ruin animals' reputations by the way we behave. But in reality, here's what I hold in common with the beast. I am a creature of God. And he made animals. He made humanity. And I feel sorry for the animals in one way because it's like he almost experimented with all kinds of designs before he got to us. Yes, we have much in common with them. But when I see houses that kind of look alike, I don't say, okay, the sticks came together. Must have been a wind. Usually the wind, like we've just seen in the hurricanes, tear things apart. I see a common architect, a common designer. I don't know about you, but of course, there's, I enjoy animals, and some I fear. <laughs> and if you don't, you might want to have your IQ tested, because there's some pretty powerful ones out there. I'm simp simply saying this. I'm going to be talking this morning, and am talking, about two biological miracles. And I want to say, first of all, that there are millions of biological miracles miracles. I'm only going to talk about two. Ah, you can sigh relief. I will not try to go through the millions. Just the two will exhaust me and you hopefully inspire you and I as well. Miracle one is that we did not come from the mud, but we came as God's Word said when it said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. If we were to look at anatomy, biology, embryology, paleontology, I see nothing that disproves this verse and everything that assents to the truth of this verse that we are created by God. There's been some times in my life with uh, <clears throat> facing hard times. I told God I thought he could do better. Now, maybe you've never been there. But then again, as I look out across this wonderful congregation, it could be that your halo is a little tilted. But God made us better than we are today. Technology has advanced, but I'm not sure that humanity has advanced. But we have the promise of a better future, a fresh connector with the Creator. How wonderful and magnificent is our God. Particularly in this season, we are reminded of these things, and we need to be delivered from the dupes, the pawns, the psychopaths, and the illiterates that somehow 
want to erase the inspired word of God in creation, look to the heavens. Look to the macrochasm in space. Look to the microchasm through the best of electron, elect, uh, electron microscopes. I'm trying to more electrify it there. It screams to us that there is a designer. There is intelligence. And it's the old, what they call the watch art argument, that when you see something, if you were to run across a, walk, a watch laying in the forest, you know a human has been there. Some designer designed that. Look at the meticulousness of the universe. Look at how God has specifically placed the planet Earth with some big brothers out there that get the worst of the meteors before they hit here. Design is amazing. Scripture says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I know this is not a good exegesis of that verse, but when I first get up in the morning, I understand the fearfully part. But after some repairs and condition to go out, wonderfully made. How great is our God and his love. Miracle one. The genetic being, the program, the DNA, it's all there before us. It just takes throwing bias away, overcoming the silliness of unbelief, and believing what the designer said about his design. We will be delivered from the dupes, the pawns, the psychopaths, the illiterates that say that we have evolved from a unicellular, uh, from tadpoles, to toads, monkeys, anthropods. Now, I'm not giving a good argument there because what I'm doing is using a brief thing that is called the reductum ad absurdum, reducing it to the absurd. It's a whole message if we wanted to talk about that, but I only want us to look at the wonders that God, wow, in time and space, gathered dust and sculpted. I've, I, I've been in Rome. I've, I've seen the Piazza. What a work. Amazing. Out of stone. I've seen the works of Michelangelo. Da Vinci. Amazing. What gift. What talents. I have a suspicion that the one who gave them those talents made a wonderful sculpture from the dust of the earth. Adam, the first Adam, as the Bible called him. He must have been amazing. And I think his second work, he said it was improved, and that was Eve. And every, every lady said, amen. <laughs> I don't think God regrets anything, and so I, I, do, I don't think he would have said, after he finished Adam, I can do better. But I have a feeling that after Adam's surgery, when he woke up and saw Eve, he said, you did much better, God. And the planning, one cell in one, another cell in another, they came together. And in humanity, the creative process was entrusted to us. And because of that, here we all are today. And the world is filled with the wonder of humanity. What a biological miracle. But I need to say to you in all of this, 
in this first biological miracle, there's another one. And matter of fact, I need to say first, this involved a Hebrew girl in Nazareth. Her name was Mary, or in Hebrew, Miriam. And there's been all kinds of rumors about her that she and her husband-to-be got a little too uh, stirred up in passion, and uh, she got pregnant, and they had to explain it somewhere. And so that's where the Son of God thing came from. One of the other attacks was that she had been assaulted by a, a Roman soldier. Those were common things said about Mary when she walked on this planet. Neither are true. The first we could understand in a gauge couple, yes, they want each other. It's God's way and design. But that is not happening. That did not happen. Here is what happened. There's a magnificent book in the Old Testament called Isaiah. I began this message with that. And the reason I began with that phrase, a root out of dry ground, is the last place you expect to find life is in dry dirt. But there's nothing to sustain that life. And the last person you expect to give birth to a child is a woman who has never been intimate with a man. That phrase in Isaiah means much more than what I'm saying here. But it's a good launching pad. And so it is that this woman responded to her God, our God, the God of creation. This is what the scripture says. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. And I want to tell you today that because of this story, here we are thousands of years later, God is with us this morning. And I want you to be thinking, if God were here, what would I want him to do in me, for me, with me? And begin in your spirit, in your heart, allow him to work. If he can come and put DNA in the dirt and make it live. He can come into the dirt and the joys of your life, either one, and make it live with strength, grace, and mercy. Bless the Lord. Look at this from Mary's point of view. It's found in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And he tells her what God has planned for, the baby that's coming. And you would, (laughs) what would your reaction be? Well, hers was, you know, these people are pretty smart over 2,000 years ago. They knew where babies came from. Oh, I've read things, yeah, how ignorant they were back there. Folks, they were as smart or smarter than we are. They just didn't have the technology we have. And that might have been good, you know. Just think what social media could have done for 
Mary's reputation. Her response was this. Well, how, how can this thing be? What's the next phrase? I know not a man. Now, let's understand this phrase, this phrase, I know not a man. It doesn't mean she'd never met one. I mean, at one point, Mary, this is Joseph. Joseph, this is Mary. That's not what it's talking about. What she's saying, I've never been sexually intimate with a man. This is a miracle. But it's no bigger miracle than God taking dust and make it live. All he had to do is take what he had already created, come to that cell in the woman, and the Holy Spirit fertilizes. And I can't imagine what it's like for God himself as Jesus contained for nine months having awareness unfold like any other child this is astounding to me but it shouldn't be any more astounding than the fact that we all live and breathe because God created humanity and made us the opportunity to start and end as sons and daughters of the high God the creator the only God that there is. What about Joseph's point of view? Matthew 1.18 starts that. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, notice that in both of these. There's a question about the word virgin in the Old Testament that might just mean young woman. But Matthew and Luke used a word in the Greek that is unmistakably, and the description is, that she had never been intimate with a man. Betrothed to Joseph before they came together, before they came together, before, (laughs) I'm not a broken record, but that's important for us to get. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So we have these two great biological miracles. I want to focus in now on the birth of Jesus. It's been a battleground from the very beginning. This second miracle During his life, it was challenged by those around him. In John 8, 19 and 14, verse 19 and 14, here's the things they said about him. They said to him, where's your father? And I like Jesus. He was quick. Where's your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you'd known me, you would have known my father also. They had all known Joseph, who by now was deceased. And then Jesus said, You seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham, because they said they were children of Abraham, did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Now listen to this snarky response that he got. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. I put in parentheses in my notes, like you, because that's what they meant. Abraham, our father, we have one father, God. Interesting, they just said it was Abraham. Now now they brought drug God into it. They did not know. They were truly ignorant of the reality that this man was not Joseph's son. 
in the lifetime of the apostles, there was something called Sorinthian Gnosticism. Now, I'm going to try not to get into a college lecture. First of all, in about three minutes, I tell you everything I know. I do know this, that it's still around today, and many of the letters by the Apostle Paul were written to refute this falsehood. And it's this, that God is so spiritual, that's all good. And everything material is all evil. So God would not have made this or come into this material world because he is way above it. So what he did is he created an angel. They called him Ions. And that angel created another one. The first one, he can get along with God because he's so spiritual. Eh, just not quite as good. And then another one, and another one, and another one, and another one, and another one, until you finally got down to the bottom of the litter, and that was Jesus. The man. There are still religions around us today that teach those kinds of things. I'm here to reinforce your belief and to declare loudly, Jesus is not Michael the archangel. Jesus is not a created being. He was a begotten being. The only begotten son of God. The son of the living God. We could go on to talk to him about a man who is a great uh, philosopher in the second century. And he told the same immoral stories about Jesus. During the times of the apostles, this was an argument they had to face and deal with. And then in the 1800s, there is a man who said, do not believe in the virgin birth. That would imply a miracle, and miracles don't happen. That's circular reasoning. I believe in a lot of things I can't see. I believe in atoms. Atomic design. I've never seen one. I've seen drawings of them. I have seen what they can do. At least that's what I've been told. God is a great creator. These people were badly deceived. And in the Apostles' Creed, there's a phrase that we believe, a list of things that we believe in as Christians. It says, conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary. And there's a fellow by the name of Slatu who says in 1903 in one of his books, whoever makes further demands that a Christian shall believe in the words, then he quotes from the creed, conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, unwittingly, now he claims this is like blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, constitutes himself a share in the sin against the Holy Spirit of the true gospel as transmitted by the apostles. What? I'm trying to think of a word I can say in public. <laughs> Might be best if you didn't encourage me or help me. Can't he read what the apostles said? Modern theology scoffs at the scriptures and the virgin birth. Is it just another legend like uh, Alexander the Great who changed, who claimed that, he, that a serpent impregnating his mother. And that's why he was great and denied that Philip was his father. Caesar Augustus. His mother slept in the temple of Apollo and Apollo the God took on the form of a serp serpent and impregnated his mother. There seems to be a lot of snakes in the grass in these stories. 
I could talk about the invented story against uh, of Buddha. Now, Buddha didn't claim this. 300 years later, his followers claimed that a, an elephant with six tusks snuck in to see his... I think you'd notice a, an elephant with six tusks come in and impregnated his mother by inserting one of those tusks in her side. I'm not going to go on about Achilles, Hercules, and others. Myths abound, but most of them are so silly, so foolish, so distasteful. I want you to compare the ludicrous, immoral conceptions with the holy, the pure, the beauty of a virgin birth. Not that there's anything wrong with sex. God made it. God designed it. It is his way, but it wasn't his way to bring his son into the world. Jesus said these words. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This is the unique character of Jesus. We put our faith in him. And do you need refreshment from the rivers of living water? Put your trust in him. Is there a painful area of your life? He is still the healer of our bodies, the restorer of our souls. As the writer of Hebrews said, it is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I needed him when I was young. You may have noticed I'm not young anymore. I noticed it before I even looked in the mirror. I need him every hour. I say that before we close this message because I want you to sense his love, his mercy. I want you to know that that need is an opportunity for God to come into your life and answer your prayer in the way he best thinks that it should be. I've often questioned his answers because he didn't do what I wanted to do. But his will is best. The unique character of Jesus. We must account for the fact that he was a prophet. He was the Christ, the anointed one. He was the descendant of David, just like the Bible told us his Messiah would be. When the leaders of that day went to arrest him, this was before the crucifixion, they asked him, why didn't you take him and bring him back? And the officer said, no man ever spoke like this. John 7, 46. And it's interesting to me as all the people want to make some other reason than the clear word and testimony of the apostles and Jesus himself. Joseph said he was not his father. And again and again, he's not my son. The scripture tells us now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, before they came together, let's say it again, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. This is why the virgin birth is so important to us, not because anything about sex is bad. It is because it was God's entry. Not some Roman soldier, not Joseph. It's God's entry into this world to take on human skin 
so he could feel what you feel. He can be challenged like you and I have challenged. And he can take all that imperfection to the cross and give his life a ransom for you and I and break the hold of that non-mythical serpent and deliver us by his grace. What wondrous, what wondrous love. There's only one who claimed to be his father. And that was at the baptism. The heavens opened and the father said, this is my beloved son. This is my son. On the Mount of Transfiguration, he did it again. Told his apostles, God speaks from heaven. They opened, they brilliance. And he said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Now, this is not Bible, what I'm about to say, but it's just a little of my imagination. You can take it whichever way you want. But uh, it, uh, I'm, try, I'm making God a little more human than he is, but it's almost like he's walked up and he's put, put his thumbs under his suspenders and snapped them and said, that's my boy. <laughs> oh, I am so proud of him. Uh, that's my son. Now listen to him. <laughs> There's the only one that claimed to be his. Father, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Luke tells a story from Mary's side. Can you imagine the first biological miracle I talk, talked about? God reached into the dust and he made the design, the DNA, and it unfolds generation after generation after generation. I met somebody the other day. He said, you know, I was in a meeting with some guys, and I go, well, that guy kind of looks like Frank Triggs, but he's a lot taller. He kind of moves like him. And turned out he was in a meeting with my son, who is not only younger, but he started out a lot better looking. And he's the height I always wanted to be. So obviously, I look up to my son. It reminds me of, if you've seen me, Jesus said, you've seen the Father. The cells. The, 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 literally over three trillion cells in the human body. God entered in and put in Mary the DNA of heaven. And he walked through the whole process of being a man, a human. He demonstrated that the law could be fulfilled only in him. And then he said, when you put your faith in me, I'm now going to put my DNA in you. And I thought the day I got saved, I would never sin again because I had that new DNA. Oh, and I felt my sins were gone. And about a week later, I was frustrated. Not like you folks, because I'm sure you did better than I did, but I lost my temper. I said some things I thought I would never say again. I felt ways I never... Ah, I got so angry one day. I walked in the backyard, and I slugged a tree. I was very young. Now, that is ignorance. Did you know the tree did not flex? It did not move. And then I went in and washed my hand, put band-aids on all my knuckles. But we grow day by day. It's called in the Bible, what is that word? Sanctification. 
and I have not yet arrived. And even if your halo is not tilted to one side, neither have you. We are in the process. As Paul said, I have not yet arrived. But who knows what we shall be. For he says we shall see him as he is. And the scripture says, knowing that what she had inside of her, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. In these two great biological miracles, and this is an idle threat, I am closing. I want you to see paradoxes. Listen to these paradoxes close. Because the God of miracles in each of these paradoxes, which is something that sounds like it's contradictory, but when you get all the facts, it all fits perfectly. Like, you can become sinless because you take on his righteousness. Not because you're that perfect. But here are the paradoxes. A virgin having a baby. There is one. How about a sinner who carries perfection inside of her. Mary was chosen. Mary was not perfect. How about the creator of all life lives inside the creator? Amazing. I like this one. Mary would deliver her deliverer. Remember, she was present on the day of Pentecost to be filled with the Spirit. And I don't think she was worrying that the Spirit would make her pregnant again. Jesus was born once so all of us could be born twice. He holds creation together is now held in the arms of his mother and nursed at her breast. Babies have become kings but only one king has become a baby. He will deliver you. He will deliver me. God broke into the chain of mitosis and created the sinless Son of God. God came to us, those of us who came from the dust of the earth, and He says, I offer you my wholeness, my health. Right now, what is it that you need God to do in your life? If you've never put your faith in Christ, I'd like to see you in the altar in just a moment to put your trust in Jesus Christ to let him implant the DNA of God into your very being God the creator to forgive your sins and give you a destiny of heaven or maybe you are a believer but you need a severe healing or a small healing the God of all the earth is still the healer Maybe there's a life-controlling habit or substance you've not been able to shake. Through the process of sanctification, He will be with you. And He will enable and empower you to do what you cannot do on your own. And as long as you think you can do it on your own, you're probably going to be struggling with it. He stands ready with fullness of grace ready to put his arms around you, but more important, to pour his spirit into you that you might be born again, as it says in John 3. If any of those things I've said 
are touching a tender place in your heart. It's none of my business or anybody else's which one of them it is. I would like for you to stand so I can pray for you here in just a moment. Just stand where you're at. Just, is there a need for a healing? Physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. It's just, well, well, people will see me. Yeah, and so will God, and he will come and meet you if you stand in faith. So right, let me pause for a moment. You need God by his power to do something special in your life. Just stand where you're at so I can pray for you right now. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. It's time for a fresh work, isn't it? I can say with confidence, God loves you. And he wants you part of all the goodness that he can give and pour into your life. He's here this moment. What humanity cannot do, he can do. Now, I'm going to pray for these folks. In a moment, I'm going to ask all of you to stand with them. And then I'm going to ask you just to continue worshiping God for a few moments as our worship team leads us. And then I'm going to come back and conclude the service with a benediction. I'd like for you to remain until that so I can invoke the presence of God throughout the week. Now, Father, you see these that are standing in your presence. Some need something physical, definitive, that can be seen, felt, touched. Touch them now, God. Pour by your spirit life and health into them, O great creator of the universe, and do it by the authority of Jesus' name. Search out the brokenhearted, the disappointed, and encourage them and comfort them. For any that know not the Lord Jesus, reveal yourself through the act of faith today that they may know the joys of salvation. Today is another day of miracles. We do not hesitate to ask you for our miracle. Relationships, you've spoken to my heart that some of this has to do with relationships. Help each of your children to hear you to heal the brokenness in relationships. Church, would you stand with these that are standing? And while we worship, any of you, whether you were standing or not, but you need a little time with God, just a little time, and especially, especially if you've never given your life to Jesus or you have doubts about that, then come into these altars and kneel. Find a place to pray. There'll be some folks to gather around you and pray. And church, let's hang in here together with them. And I'd like any that move to the altar, reach out and begin to pray for them as we just worship God in our final song. For those who came to the altar and any of those that didn't, this church is always open and ready to minister to your needs. If you need to talk to one of the ministers, call the church office. Somebody will be ready to minister to you. God bless you, and now may I say me the creator of the universe, that one who made the first Adam and empowered the last Adam. May he watch over you. 
May he fill you with peace. May he put joy where there was sorrow. May he empower you to walk in righteousness. He will be your rear guard and watch that which comes from behind. May he fill you with wonder and peace and joy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God bless you. Go with God. You turn God's people loose out in the community. That's when the devil gets frightened. God bless you. If you chose to say yes to Christ today, we would love for you to text the word born again, all one word to 94090. By doing so, you will receive more information on your next steps in following Christ. We meet every Sunday at 8.30 and 11 a.m. right here in Bakersfield, California at 4901 California Avenue. We would love for you to join us in person. Also, we have a live stream service at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook. If you'd like more information about Bakersfield First Assembly of God, you can search us on the internet at bakersfieldfirst.com. Thank you for joining us today and have a blessed week.